change and uncertainty have been the only constants we've really witnessed. This is a very volatile, complex world right now in every aspect. Really great leadership is even more vital than it ever has been before. This is where leaders are needed, right? And this is also where leaders are born. Uh, strong leadership and more leadership is needed right now. This is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Hi, this is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of The Voice of Humana Nurses. In today's episode, we're focusing our dialogue on leadership and the importance of cultivating leadership skills, especially in the face of constant change. And I think you'll agree with me that over the past year and a half, change and uncertainty have been the only constants we've really witnessed. So how do we build our leadership skills? What's important to learn and know in order to grow as leaders? How should we think about navigating and thriving in changing times? How do we think about leading through influence? I'm joined today by two leaders who have very impressive resumes and lots of rich experience in leadership. And together we're going to explore leadership and leadership development in more detail. So let me introduce them to you. First, let me introduce Madonna Kell. Madonna's the director of the Enterprise Leadership Development with Humana's talent management team. She has a very diverse leadership background, um, but learning and development of leaders and employees, as well as engagement, culture, and change leadership, that's where her passions lie. Madonna has been at Humana for 14 years in various roles. She's a member of Humana's caregiver and women's network resource groups, and outside of work, she's the founder and former chair of the Andy Kell Foundation, which is a charitable 501c3 organization that her family actually founded to honor her late husband's memory while helping children in the Louisville area. In her spare time, Madonna enjoys spending time traveling, hiking, and cheering for her favorite sports teams. She has three amazing adult children, a puppy, and two grand dogs to keep her busy too. My second guest is Katie Boston Leary, and Katie's the Director of Nursing Programs at the American Nurses Association and oversees the Nursing Practice and Work Environment Division and the Healthy Nurse Healthy Nation Initiative. We've talked a lot about that on some of our former pro, uh, podcasts. Katie's the co-lead for Project First Line, which focuses a multi-million dollar grant collaborative with the CDC for training on infection prevention and control. As a chief nursing officer and senior executive, Katie has led organizations to obtain numerous accolades for quality and safety, including an ANCC Pathway to Excellence designation and winning the coveted annual ANCC Pathway to Excellence Award in 2017. In August of 2019, Katie was identified in the Health Leaders Journal as one of five chief nursing officers changing health care. Impressive. Her most recent research was a qualitative study on nurses' perceptions of power dynamics in the hospital setting. She's a well-known speaker nationally and internationally with many publications and podcast guest appearances. She recently completed her PhD at Walden University in Health Services, 
obtained a dual degree MBA and MHA from the University of Maryland Global Campus and received her bachelor's degree in nursing from Bowie State University in Maryland. She's a board certified nurse executive and obtained a nurse executive leadership certificate from the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. She's been interviewed for stories in numerous print, online, and televised media outlets like CNBC, Cheddar TV, HR Maximizer, and Bloomberg News. She recently co-authored an article titled The U.S. COVID-19 Crisis, Fact, Science, and Solidarity, which was published in the International Nursing Review, which is the official journal of the International Council of Nurses. Katie, Madonna, wow, both of you have such rich experience, so much that I think that you can offer our listeners. So welcome to the Voice of Humana Nurses podcast. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to hearing about your experiences and your thoughts uh, about leadership and developing ourselves as leaders. So let's start our dialogue with a quick icebreaker. Katie, maybe we can start with you. How would you fill in the blank, the following statement? To know me is to know that. I'll pass it over to you, Katie. Thank you, Kathy, and and I appreciate that uh, very warm introduction. and read of my bio, I, I, I really have to work on shortening that because uh, I struggle to hear some of um, what people share about what I've done, but thank you for that. And it's really an honor to be a part of this. Now, um, you know, and I, it's interesting when you said that, um, it reminded me of um, when I was little, um, there were these, um, there was a bed sheet from the uh, the Peanuts uh, with Charlie Brown and, and you know, the, the Peanut Gang. And, and there was a sheet that um, my mom would always put on our beds, my sister and I on the bunk beds, and it, it said, to know me is to love me. <laughs> so it reminded me of that. But um, I do want to say, um, it's amazing how that stuck with me years later. Um, but people that know me will say that... Um, I, I love people, I love process, and I'm very, I have a very vivid imani- imagination where I can connect almost any scenario professionally to something I've seen in a movie. <laughs> and and I can make that correlation and, and it brings um, levity, especially in when appropriate um, to certain situations, uh, talk about, you know, breaking the ice, but I can almost connect every, like I just did, I can almost connect every conversation or every situation to something I saw in a movie or something I experienced in my past life. So that's what people say about me. That's great. I love how you connected to your childhood and you learned a great lesson and and what a great lesson in self-image and self-confidence that uh, your mother blessed you with and your fellow bunkmate there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we fought all the time, but that's another story. (laughs) But you were confident and you knew you were loved. That's great. That's great. Madonna, how about you? To know you is to know that. Yes, I believe if people were to say that about me, the first thing would be that I believe that family is first. I had a small uh, family growing up, just me and my sister, but we were always really close as a family. And then when I started having children, it was the same thing, that family always comes first. I believe that not just for myself that family is first, but also for the teams that I lead. I really encourage people to think about themselves and their family first and foremost. They would also say that I'm an eternal optimist and a dreamer. My mantra is go big or go home. 
So we don't dream small dreams. We dream really big dreams and try to make those happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, I'm so with you about family first and, and, and your family, you know, can take many shapes and forms. But, um, you know, I think really that gives us such a foundation. And, and uh, Katie talked about the influence of her family um, even so early on. So, you know, we have some great qualities that lead to leader, you know, excellent leaders, curiosity, passion, dreaming, thinking big, um, support for one another, self-confidence, all really great things that you've brought up. So thanks for sharing and letting us get to know you a little bit better. Let's go back to Katie. Um, maybe you can talk with our listeners a little bit about what inspires you for the work you do? And you do a lot of work. We, we did hear about kind of the breadth of things that you're involved in um, at the beginning. And even go back a little bit and uh, maybe you could share what inspired you to become a nurse and what inspires the work that you do now. Yeah, thank you for that question. I, um, I'll start by saying I didn't, I, I didn't um, set out to be a nurse. It happened because um, I was at a point where I took a year off after uh, high school because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then um, three months in, my mom was really, again, talking about my mother. Um, and my dad was a silent partner in all this, but my mom was uh, tired of me just, you know, not progressing and hearing, I guess, about other people in her circle and their kids being in college already. So she, she, she told me that I had to figure something out. And then um, I decided that um, I wanted to try my hand at healthcare because initially I thought that I wanted to be an accountant because my dad was an accountant and I was all about numbers. Um, and um, I saw myself, you know, working in an office in DC. I lived near in, in the DC area at the time. And, uh, but while I was trying to figure it out, I had a cousin who was a roommate who suggested that, uh, you know, she wanted to work at um, a nursing home not too far from where we lived. And she asked me to drive her there. And um, I said, and I did. And while we're waiting in the lobby, they gave us both applications. <laughs> and even though she was the only one that really was looking for a job, I was just her ride. So I filled it out um, for good measure. And, um, they hired us on the spot and and i'd been working there for uh maybe six months or so and then in the break room there was a gentleman that um we were, we were all nursing assistants and he came up to me and he walked in the lunchroom and he said uh you know the county that we lived in was offering scholarships uh for people to enter careers in allied health and um i didn't make anything of it and he came directly to me and he said he came very close to my face and he said, uh, Katie, um, I'm, I'm really talking to you. And I said, yeah, but it's not a good time. And, and, but in other words, I was really trying to say, my plan is to work in DC is, a, is a, in accounting. And, and he said, uh, so I, I just said, it's not a good time. And he said, Katie, it's never a good time to go to school. And don't you come to work tomorrow without the information um, <laughs> that you would attain going to um, uh, inquire at the community college where they're offering these scholarships. So, and it was so public. There was an audience gathering people. So, so I knew that I had to pursue it because I didn't want to come back to work the next day and look like a loser. So I was working at 3 p.m. the next day and I, reluctantly went in just to get the paperwork, just to say, yeah, I did it. And um, I was in line and I decided that, well, I, I've met really 
uh, occupational therapy looks like a fun profession. I run into some of those folks at work, so I'll stand in that line. But that line was pretty long, and I was looking at the clock, and I had to go to work. So um, I went to the shorter line, and the shorter line was the line for the RN program, <laughs> and and that's honestly how I became a nurse. So I brought, I took the information. They took my name. Um, I I got a, I I went for an interview reluctantly, and um, and I, I think that's what. Um, um, has been the case in my career throughout. I've had people see things in me well before I saw it. And he saw in some, Calvin, his name was Calvin. Calvin saw something in me. The person interviewed me um, when I went to get information and when I interviewed for the nursing program, saw something in me. And and I then uh, started to pursue that as a, as a, you know, in terms of my academic uh, uh, journey. And uh, I kept, you know, every semester I go, okay, this is all right, this is okay. I think I can do this. I, I th and, and before you know it, I became a nurse and, 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 and nursing, even though it, it, I fell into it, um, I can't imagine myself doing anything else now. It's been such a rewarding career and it's, I've been so blessed to be a part of the profession. Um, so I'm I'm inspired by the people that have touched my life uh, to get me to this point in my career and continue to um, um, engage with me. A lot of people that didn't have to um, that reached out to me that saw things in me and continues to see things in me that pulls me forward. So um, that's what inspires me. And my goal at this point in my career is to reach back and help other people. Um, Similarly, um, I read a quote recently in, with one of the top 100, time 100 um, um, uh, folks that were named, and this person said, my goal right now is to be something to people that I wanted when I was where they were. And, and that's my goal right now with where I am um, as a nurse and a nurse leader. That's, that's great. Um, and what a great quote, too. And, you know, really kind of brings home the impact of being open. Um, and, you know, in your case, being open to what others saw in you. Um, maybe, maybe sometimes we think we have the career path all nailed down right from the get go. And, you know, there might be twists and turns along the way. And Donna, kind of speaking of a journey, how about uh, you share a little bit with our listeners about your leadership journey and some of the important, um, you know, lessons that you learned along the way? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. And it's also one that's filled with twists and turns. And uh, Katie, something that you just mentioned, somebody seeing something in me that I hadn't seen in myself and giving something a chance. So my first endeavor into leadership was when I was 19 years old working at UPS headquarters here in Louisville, Kentucky. I was working my way through college and I had started uh, my freshman year of college working at UPS and decided that I wanted, after working there for about a year, to apply to be a part-time supervisor. So I applied for that first role and I did not get it. So I think this is my first uh, lesson that I learned is to ask questions, become curious, get feedback. And then don't you know, I turned around when the next open position was available and posted on that and was able to uh, obtain that first part-time supervisor position. So I think that first thing that I, I learned uh, through my first rejection into leadership is don't give up that first step going from an individual contributor into a leader position 
is the toughest one that you can take. But some of the things that you can do is ask questions and get really good feedback and to be tenacious and persistent if it's something that you want. And so from there, I continued as a part-time supervisor working my way through college. And then this is where, uh, Katie, to your example, that I had something happen to me where someone saw something in me. So after I graduated, I applied to get into full-time management at UPS. And the first uh, way that it happens at UPS is if your own department does not have an opening, you go in front of a panel and people who have openings but don't have people in their organizations that can fill them, they show up to this panel. And so I went to this panel and I had someone want a follow-up interview with me and they wanted me to be an international operations security person of which I knew nothing of. I'm like, I don't even know, like, are you sure you really want me in this role? And he proceeded to tell me how all of the experience that I had prior to the point where we were in time were perfect for what he needed. And he promised he could teach me the rest, but he saw not only some personal characteristics, but also my work experience were the right thing. And that took me off into a really great career. Toward the end of my career there, I was the director of aviation security. And I would not have been able to, to have that role had I not worked in this role with the first person where I said yes. And so I left UPS. And so this is another thing that I would like to share is um, UPS is a wonderful organization. And I had three small children and decided to take a little bit of time off to uh, be with them until they were in school. And so I'm a really big believer in doing what works for you. And sometimes we take the off-ramp of life. But then when my children were back in school, I got back on the on-ramp and decided to go into the training world, pivoting my career from something that I had done into something totally different. And through some networking in the community, and he was willing to take a chance on me because he saw something in me that thought I would be a really great learning professional, even though I had no experience in that. And so the rest is history from there. I worked at that company, and then I went to work for another local company. And then uh, someone at Humana I met through some networking invited me to come apply for a position here. And so my current role right now is leading enterprise leadership development for Humana. And I, like Katie, am at the point in my career where I am giving back to people. I have a real passion in my day job for helping people get into leadership positions and helping those that are in leadership continue to grow and develop in their roles. But I also mentor, love the opportunity to work with people that are wanting to grow in their careers and uh, grow their, their capabilities and skills. And that is what gives me really a lot of energy right now as well. You both have such passion as you share your journeys. And, you know, what I hear from you both is journeys are just that. Um, they're not linear. Um, they depend on being open, sometimes being opportunistic, sometimes being really planful. Um, um, I heard the theme of networking and being a support to others um, from both of you too. Um, really fascinating journeys. Um, thanks for sharing them. Um, you know, Madonna, one of the things that we've really seen um, by necessity, um, really a focus on in the last year and a half is so much more virtual work, remote, hybrid work styles, um, et cetera. And, you know, I know that many leaders have struggled because traditional 
um, traditional ways of, of leading maybe not are not as relevant um, in that type of environment. Maybe you could share a couple of leadership traits or new discoveries that you feel are really essential to support and lead uh, effectively with a hybrid or mobile or virtual workforce. Sure thing, Kathy. So you're right. This has been a time where leaders have struggled and really great leadership is uh, even more vital than it ever has been before. I think the best leaders in a hybrid world, they allocate even more leadership time to team management and coaching than ever before. I think they, they're also really good at looking at how to build culture that transcends a work building and into the home. And they really have to be great at helping associates with their best well-being because we know that the lines are blurred between work and home even more. Some of the things that I would say that we've learned through research and through just listening here at Humana is that to be a leader, some of the things that are really important today are being inclusive. And that means in addition to some of the ways that we hear about inclusive, but to also be inclusive about in the hybrid world, you may have people that work at home and maybe have people that work in the office as well. And so it's really important to be inclusive of everyone, no matter where their location is. It's also important today to think about the whole person. It's really key for a leader to help someone have the best well-being that they can have, to be resilient yourself as a leader, and to help others with some of those resilient skills, to really focus on people's growth and development even now more than ever. It's so easy to be even more disconnected in this hybrid or virtual world, and it's the leader's role to help make sure that we're all connected that way. Having empathy, listening, and creating psychological safety are really even more key now than ever. But these are things that I think are important to ensure that we're doing uh, for our associates. Thanks, Madonna. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, the necessity of um, change and, and uncertainty over the past year and a half has really you know, force leaders to re-examine how they lead and to be contemporary and, uh, you know, really think about their relationships that way. So appreciate that. Katie, you know, thinking specifically about leadership within the healthcare industry, can you share a little bit of your view about what are, what are some of the essential leadership skills that healthcare leaders need to be supportive and successful? Yeah, I, I I think Madonna named a number of them that um, leaders should be mindful of honing in and tuning up, particularly when it comes to empathy, because this is a very volatile, complex world right now in every aspect. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of ambiguity. This is where leaders are needed, right? And this is also where leaders are born. There is a lot that's being required of leaders who themselves need to be able to engage in self-care uh, because a lot of leaders are struggling, and, and not just in healthcare, but um, you also see it in uh, local governments. So a lot of uh, governors are, re are resigning and mayors and things like that because it's a very tough time to lead. I, I think um, uh, empathy is one. 
I was read. I was listening to um, a podcast uh, recently about um, NASA and how uh, leadership lessons from NASA and and it's, they they really talked about how introspection is a very important trait for leaders during difficult times. Where um, never think that the opportunity is lost after you've had an interaction or uh, or even at at the end of your day or after every meeting. It's always good to go back and think about take the time and think about what you could do differently and circle back if you need to, because that's when where authenticity comes in. I also am paying a close attention to um, a style of leadership that I never really um, paid attention to, and I thought it was new, but it's not when I started researching it, um, is moral leadership. I heard that a lot during some WHO meetings recently, um, and they have re recurring meetings, uh, during, particularly now during the pandemic, and and almost every leader was talking about moral leadership and, and, and why that's needed right now. So I decided to research it. And there's a lot um, about that concept that is so relevant today, especially in this era of mistrust, uh, particularly with um, not just leaders, but institutions that have been forever been trusted um, where that's been lost. Um, so um, it's interesting when, when I read about moral leadership and I think it's very much needed in healthcare. Um, in essence, it's really about wearing your values on your sleeve, um, having people know where you are, what grounds you, what's important to you, and to see whether they can connect with that. Because um, when there's so much ambiguity and com complexity, that's all you have. Uh, and that's the, the uh, a foundation that people would gravitate to, where even if you don't have the answers, you can say, but, you know, again, our, our values are integrity, um, uh, uh, transparency, uh, um, um, being uh, uh, empathetic. So I think today's uh, atmosphere in healthcare and beyond is really calling for moral leadership where you're, you're, you're touching hearts, not just minds. You're enlisting others in a shared vision. It, it, you're creating the conditions where everyone can contribute to their fullest and, 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 and um, it, you know, talent and, and optimal capabilities and, and also realize their deepest humanity. I think that is what's needed right now because of where we are. Uh, healthcare is in trouble. A lot of people that work within healthcare are in trouble. Uh, we also say that nursing is in trouble. It doesn't take away from a lot of what people are doing and sacrificing to make sure uh, we're taking care of, of, of our patients and our communities and things like that. But uh, this is where leaders need to rethink about how they engage your teams, how they come across. If there's a hybrid environment, everything that Madonna mentioned is important to, to be mindful of and, and really turn up skills that probably were not in your toolbox, but um, given the environment that we are in, if there's something that you weren't doing that uh, that you used that you know you should do that you weren't doing well. This is a time to hone in and build those skills to do them well because uh, strong leadership and more leadership is needed right now. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, excellent points. Really, you know, really kind of gets to the heart of the matter there. And you know, the time flies. It's really been so fascinating um, to hear both of your journeys and your thoughts. I'd like to just wrap up with the same question to both of you. Can you share one important piece of advice? You've shared a lot of good advice, um, but what's one thing that you would like nurses to think about? Nurses who want to grow as leaders. And, you know, on this podcast, we always say, 
all nurses are leaders. Um, it doesn't matter if you lead people, lead by influencing, lead by example, uh, many things. All nurses are leaders, but for nurses who want to grow, what's your one piece of advice you'd like to leave people with? And what's the one thing you're most proud of accomplishing in your own career so far? So let's start with you, Katie. I, I would like to say um, uh, advice for aspiring leaders. Um, and we're and you're absolutely right, Kathy. Everyone's a leader, no matter where you are. But um, we're also, I believe you're also talking about formal leadership positions and, and climbing the ladder. And when I have conversations with people about that, it's really about building your social capital, right? It's it's knowing and setting up who is your who's your role model who is your mentor who is your professional peer professional peers you know someone that you can appropriately lean to when you want a soundboard or if you have questions about something you like to pursue professionally um who is your junior professional junior that you're helping grow um and that you're investing in um, because there's bi-directional um, uh, benefit to having someone that you're mentoring and supporting as well. And then I also throw in um, um, this piece about, and of course your boss is part of the equation too. That's what your manager is a part of your, your, your social capital. But most importantly, um, I also throw in um, who's your loving critic. And your loving critic is someone in, your, in the professional sense that's your truth teller that whether they're going to give you feedback that may hurt or not, they're there and they're willing to give it to you in the professional sense. And that's the way we grow. Um, it could be um, uh, someone that you work with. It could be someone that's in a higher level position, but make sure it's someone that um, clearly has the capabilities to be that for you. And I think if we all realize that for us to build our careers, recognizing that we can't with, with Madonna's example, with my example, you can't do it alone. And, but we have to be intentional with setting up the network that will help us grow. Um, so that's, that's what I'll say about, um, aspiring future formal leaders. As far as what I'm most proud of, there's so many. I'm, I'm proud of uh, my family that's been very supportive to me over the years. I'm proud of uh, what I've accomplished in my career. And it's really um, on the backs of people that have been very supportive to me. Proud of uh, where I am um, in my career and how, again, I have a number of people that lift me up and help me. I'm in a different area right now. I've always been, uh, throughout my nursing career, I've always been in the direct care, acute care setting. I'm now working for the American Nurse Association. I'm in a completely different setting where there are no patients, but a lot of our work does impact patients because it impacts nurses. But it's a whole new ball of wax for me. It's, it's, it's a nonprofit. We, we do advocacy work. We do a lot of uh, position statements. We build books to, to establish standards of practice. It's completely new. And um, I, I'm just um, proud of the people that have really impacted my career at this point to help me. And Healthy Nurse Healthy Nation is another great one. I'm, I'm really proud of the people that have been surrounding me in this virtual environment to help me succeed. That's what I'm really grateful for. Awesome. And I think 
being grateful and, and being able to verbalize what we're grateful for has been another lesson of the past year and a half to really focus in on that as well. Admirable to take a chance. And, you know, that's a wonderful thing about nursing is there's so many settings where you can lead and influence. So thank you for sharing that. Madonna, how about you? Sure thing. Okay, so first I'm going to agree with Katie on a few things. My list also included building your network, having a mentor and mentoring someone as well. I would like to add to the list is having a sponsor. I think it's really important in the corporate world specifically that when you're not in the room, that you have someone in the room that is advocating for you. Sometimes that is your mentor. Sometimes it's someone that um, maybe you've worked for in the past and can speak to who you are and the work that you've done. But I really believe in having a sponsor that can advocate on your behalf. And then I think two other pieces of advice that I have is always believe in yourself. I have a lot of uh, people who come to me to ask for career advice. And sometimes the being told no, they can start to doubt themselves. And so believe in yourself, believe in the wonderful things that you have and just don't give up. So those are the pieces of advice. In terms of what I'm the most proud of accomplishing in my career so far, I believe I'd have to say two things and they have a common theme. Uh, Yes, I've had a lot of accomplishments myself throughout that I'm really proud of, but I think the things I'm most proud of are seeing the people that I have worked with, either they've been on the teams that I've led or their people that I have been a mentor of, seeing them achieve the success that they want, whether it's a promotion or landing that really great project that they've wanted to lead. So seeing others succeed and be happy in their career success and know that I've either been their leader or their mentor really makes me happy to see all the things that they are able to to do to make their dreams come true. And then the Andy Kell Foundation is something that I founded in honor of my late husband. And in 2020, I turned over the leadership of that to my adult children. And so being able to see how they've taken the foundation into a new direction and to great heights really makes me uh, very proud to see what my kids are able to do. Thank you both so much. I mean, you've shared so many great thoughts and it's clear that you both have a passion um, for what you do and even more so for helping others to believe in themselves, to succeed and um, really helping them to define their journeys. So many good things and I feel like we could talk for hours about it. So we'll have to have you both come back, I think, um, and and do the next part of this. But thank you so much for being with us today. And I know our listeners really appreciate the insight into your journeys and uh, insight into that you have into what will help them continue to develop as leaders. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to the Voice of Humana Nurses wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you, so send us an email at chiefnursingofficer@humana.com and give us your comments and your suggestions about topics or people that you'd like to hear about or hear from. So until the next time, be well.